We just started a, a new series last week called Burning Questions. The idea of it is that you all are asking questions, and uh, we're going to strive to try to answer those according to the Word of God. And uh, if you are one that would like to ask a question and you have not yet, there's a QR up on the screen. Um, and uh, you can get out your phone right now and uh, scan that, and it'll take you to a page where you fill it out and send it in. Uh, if you don't have that capability, the paper that's in the back of your pew, feel free. Uh, today, I think there was like seven or eight questions that came in first service, people that wrote on uh, on the paper. Uh, I will say this, you need to write in a way I can read it. That's helpful. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, so if you, if you can't write, type. Uh, so I'd encourage you to do that. You can email that to me. You can text it to me. Um, you can Facebook message me. I, I would probably say to you, don't tell me face-to-face. Just not, not because I don't want to see your face, not because I don't want to talk to you. Um, I just got a lot of going on up here in my noodle. Um, and, uh, and so uh, a lot of times people will tell me something, and it's not because I don't care, and it's not because I, I, I don't want to remember. Um, it's just I, I have a hard time remembering yesterday. Uh, anybody else up in, 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 in? All right, good. Um, so I'm not alone. That's a plus. Um, so, so if you would write it down, that would be great. Um, and uh, and then you can get that to me. And so we are diving into questions. And and I got to be honest, I've got like 20 some that have been asked already, which is awesome. So please don't let that keep you from asking your question, um, because a lot of times what ends up happening is many of these get they're in categories. Um, and, uh, and so I actually was going today to talk about um, aliens and talking animals and children, um, but I'm, I don't know why, but the Lord did, did just did not release me to do that. And so um, I had, I, seriously, I was, I was finishing up my message. I always finish up on Fridays. I was finishing up on Friday, and God was like, I want you to go a different direction. And I'm like, Okay, uh, so so we're going to go in a different direction, and um, and and uh, Reagan can attest to this. She made all the slides out for another talk, and then I revised them all and uh, and sent them all to her last night. And so um, so so yeah, it's it's true. Um, but I I want to be obedient to the direction that God is leading. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to pause. We're going to still do the burning questions, but. This time it's it's me asking you two questions, and and I and I got to be honest with you, the answers to these two questions are, um, they're life altering, they're eternal altering, um, and you need to be, you need to be candid with yourself, um, and and honest with yourself and with God because the answer to these questions is huge. Um, and it has so much to do with with all the other answers that will come. Um, and so, the two questions that I'm going to ask ask you today. Um, before we dive into that, though, uh, a friend was sharing with me a story uh, about his wife, and she grew up uh, on the mission field in Ethiopia. And again, I'm just giving you the abridged version. Um, this is the text message version. Because uh, that's what was sent to me, um, and and so it's a story about her and her brothers. They were playing next to a lake in Ethiopia, um, and uh, she figured that they were somewhere around five, six years old, 
her dad was with an Ethiopian that was nearby. Um, they were playing, and they were right next to a lake. And she said that the Ethiopian saw two eyes pop out of the water um, and, uh, and said to her dad, that's a crocodile, and you need to get your kids away from the lake as soon as possible. And so her dad used, I love this because, again, it echoes with me, and, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, I think it was. Um, her dad used a family whistle. How many of y'all have a family whistle? You know what I'm talking about. Um, a family whistle, they recognized it, and the kids immediately moved away from the lake and towards their dad. And as he was telling me the story, he was saying that his wife was, is, is absolutely positive that if they had not moved when her dad whistled, they would not be here today. They'd be crocodile food. Question that I have for you is in, in this story, who, who in this, these, in this story is the or the authority in this story? Who has the truth in this story? Who is the one who is giving directions in this story? And as a result, saved kids' lives. Well, one is the Ethiopian individual who recognized the eyeballs popping up out of the, the water and told the dad about it, those, those are crocodile eyes and the kids are in trouble. The second is, is the dad. The dad had authority and truth in that he whistled and the kids understood it and they responded to it. But I would also say this, the kids also had authority in a way too because they had the choice of obeying or not obeying. The, the, the choice of saying, I'm going to do what I want to do, or I'm going to do what my father is telling me to do. And in and, and all of those, there would be results and there would be consequences of every single one of those choices. And the, the desire whether or not to listen to the truth, listen to authority, and be willing to respond to that authority and to that truth. So, so... Where does that lead me? Question number one for you is, is this, and this is huge. Who or what has the authority to answer your questions? Who or what has the authority to answer your questions? Another, another way to ask this is who or what has the power to define truth in your life? All of us listen to a who or a what in our life. For you, I don't know what the authority is in your life. Maybe the authority in your life is, is the law. Maybe it's science. Maybe it's reasoning. Maybe it's philosophy. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is for you, but every single one of us has a who or a what that is an authority in our life that we listen to. And we have in our day and time people saying things like there is no truth. Which is really interesting because the moment they said there is no truth, they actually are making a truth statement. Are they not? 
They, they are. They're saying a truth, a truth that they believe that there is no truth. Um, if they say truth is relative, in other words, true for me but not true for you, they've just made a truth statement that they expect you to believe. Is it true? Is it right? Is it where, who or what has the authority to answer your questions? And, and here's what you need to understand. Your very life depends on the answer. Not just your life here and now on this earth, but even your eternal life. Because some, some there's many today actually that teach that there is no eternal life. That this is all there is. That once you die, once you close your, your eyes here in death, that's it, baby, it's over. Um, there's nothing else beyond that. Again, I would say, who is or what is your authority on that belief? Your beliefs matter. What you believe about whatever matters. Because guess what? The Bible makes it clear out of the overflow of your heart, your soul, your beliefs, you live your life. And it's true, we, we do that. I mean, this just this past weekend, I was on the highway, uh, 294, going around Chicago, and the speed limit is 60. Do you know how many people were going 60? Zero. Zero. More like 80. More like 85, 90. And, and so... So what do you believe about the speed limit? What, what do you believe about? Well, obviously, many of, many of us that were traveling down that road didn't believe that we'd get pulled over if we're going over 60. So why not just go faster? But see, it, what you believe, what you think, who answers or what is the authority for your questions is massive because not only does it impact your life now, it'll impact your life for eternity. If you would, turn to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. I need you to understand that all the way from the beginning of time, we have had a struggle with authority. We have had a struggle with truth. And it begins all the way back in the beginning in the perfect environment of God as father and Adam and Eve as his children. Some of y'all, you have kids and, and you think you're doing a lousy job at parenting your kids. Do you know the, the perfect father, his kids still said no to him. So, so I don't know, I hope that encourages you a little bit. To realize you're not God, so if your parent, your kids are saying no to you, it's it's because they also have a personal problem with authority that they just don't realize yet. Let's just be honest. I mean, the first things that kids say usually is not "Yes, Daddy," "Yes, Mommy," <laughs> right? No, no, I it's no. Anyway, so check it out. Genesis chapter 3, what's happening? Adam and Eve, they're in the garden. And along comes a serpent. We identify later that that serpent is Satan. 
the serpent actually isn't Satan, by the way, which is a talk for another time because that's one of the questions that was asked, was how does animals talk? Satan is using this animal, and he says, look at it, he says to the woman, did God actually say? Did God actually say? What, what's happening here? What's happening here is Satan is tempting Eve to question the authority and the word of God. Did God actually say? Y'all, we're struggling with this right here, right now in 2023. Did God actually say? Or we'll, we'll twist and say, that's not what God meant. Or that's not what God intended. Or that's not, did God actually say? He is getting her to question, getting Adam to question God's authority, God's word, by asking this question, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? She answers and says to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Which, by the way, he didn't say, neither shall you touch it. Which is interesting, so she's adding to what God said, but anyway, that's another talk for another day. He goes on, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So not only is he getting to question God's authority according to his word, but then he's getting her to question God's authority according to his work. You will be like God. If you will eat of this tree, you will be like God. God, in his perfect work, had already made Adam and Eve in his image. They were already like God. They did not need to eat in order to be like God. God had already created them in the image of God. Man and woman, he had created them in the image of God, and yet Satan is taking truth, twisting around with lie, in order to to destroy them. you, you got to understand, Satan's motive is to destroy anything that God has made. Because he hates God. And so he's going to do everything he can to try to trip us up, to, to mess us up, to, to twist up our thinking so that we will question God. And ultimately, what he is, is saying to them is, God is a liar. And God's work is is not enough for your life. You need more. Y'all, they had the ability to eat of every tree in the garden, including the tree of life. They had the opportunity to eat from the tree of life. The only one that God said was, do not eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He did not tell them not to eat from the tree of life. The tree of life was right there. They, they had enough. But Satan is like, no, God's holding back from you. God's holding out on you. God's not giving you the whole truth. He's a liar, and his work is not enough. He promised 
that if they would work, if they would eat the fruit, they would become like God. It was the original point at which we as human beings struggle, struggle with, fight with, look for our identity to be determined. That again, our, who we are, what we believe, what we believe about who we are, to look at our identity outside of God's authority, God's word, God's work, and look to our own authority, our own words, and our own works. Satan was saying to them, don't look to God. He's a liar, and he's holding out on you. Don't, don't look to God to define you. Don't, don't look to God to declare that you're good. Look elsewhere. Look to what I am saying to you. Look, look to yourself. Look to what you think or say and do. And check out what happens in verse 6. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. Look to your own desires. Look to your own thinking. Look to your own feelings. Look to what you think, not what God says. Not what God has done. Those are not enough. He's a liar. And what's sad is what ends up happening. Continue reading. She took the fruit, ate. She gave some to her husband who also ate with her. Notice verse 7. Then the eyes of both were opened. And they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloth. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Satan said, if you eat of this fruit, you'll be like God and your eyes will be open and you will know good and you will know evil. And it's a good thing. They eat of the tree and their eyes are open. And instead of it being a good thing, what's implied here in verse 7 and verse 8 is that they were filled with shame, with guilt, with inadequacy. And they had to do whatever they had to do in order to hide their sin from God. So much so that they not just only had to work at and make clothes for themselves, they hid from the presence of God. Which is hilarious. That they, but we do it. We do it all the time. Well, if I just ignore this, it'll just go away. If I just sweep it under the rug, it'll just go away. And, and I cannot tell you how many times that, that individuals get themselves into a life of sin, and one of the very first things they do, instead of running to God, they run away from God, and they blame everybody and anything that has to do with God. Y'all, I've been doing this for 28 years. Do you know how many times I've seen that happen? 
it, it make your head swim. It's unreal how many times we do exactly like Adam and Eve. When we get ourselves stuck in a life cycle of sin, we turn away from God and we run the opposite direction. And then we blame everybody that has anything to do with God as if it's their fault and not my own. Am I lying or am I, anybody else seen that happen? Anybody else do that? I have. I have all, all during junior high and high school. God, I don't want anything to do with you because you made my brother sick. Ran the opposite direction. So, what happens? They eat of the fruit. They disobey God. They break his authority. They break his word. They, they, they go against his works. I, I love what Hosea says. Hosea 10, verse 13. You're like, whoa, Hosea? That's in the Bible? Yeah, it is. Check it out. Hosea 10, verse 13. I love the farm stuff in here. You have plowed iniquity. You have reaped injustice. You have eaten the fruit of lies. Why? Because you have trusted in your own way and in the multitudes of your warriors. Yo, that, that, that's us. Right now, right now. Right here today. We do this all the time. We, we turn to everything else except God and expect it to turn out okay. And, and, and so, again, I, I ask this question, who or what has the authority to answer your questions? Because it, it will absolutely impact your now, and it will absolutely impact your eternity. Who or what is, who or what is defining you? Who, who or what is, is speaking into your life to define who you are, what you believe? How you live your life. What, what are you letting that take root in your heart and your soul? But listen, I get it. I, I told you guys several months ago that for several months, probably nine months, every, literally every single day, I would wake up in the morning. The very first thought that would go through my head was, Failure. You are a failure. You have failed your kids. You have failed your church. You have failed your friends. You have failed yourself. You are a failure. And I am not joking when I say every single day for nine months at least, I would wake up with that thought, very first thought in my mind. Question, where did that come from? Did that, did that come from God? Or was that coming from somewhere else? I, I can tell you this, it was not God. Because what God's word says to me is that because of Christ's redemption, I am a new creation of great worth. I am 
deeply loved. I am completely forgiven. I am absolutely accepted by God. And, and I have everything I need for life and godliness. I am not a failure. I am an overcomer in Christ. That's what the Bible says about me. But I can tell you this. Satan was over and over and over again laying on my heart and in my mind, you are a failure. And that was a lie from straight from the devil. And I'm so thankful that by his grace and by his mercy, he stepped into my life through other people, and he helped me to realize that is not true, that is a lie. Because here's, here's the deal. I don't know about what, what you guys do, but here's what, here's what all of us do. Everybody know what this is. Strainer, thank you very much. I love lemonade, but my mom would make lemonade when we were kids that had this nasty mess in it called pulp. Some of y'all that like pulp, I'm praying for you. I'm just saying. I'm praying for you. You're on my heart right now. I, pulp is nasty. Like, when I go, like, Chick-fil-A, I like Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A's lemonade tastes good until it hits your mouth um, because it, it has pulp in it. And they don't, they don't offer strainers at Chick-fil-A. So I'm like, nope, not getting the lemonade. Don't want it. What does a strainer do? A strainer, it, it, it strains out what you don't want. It strains out, a lot of times, not good stuff. It strains out things like pulp uh, that you don't want in whatever. Here's the problem. Here's my strainer in my life. Y'all see that? That, This is my proverbial strainer in my life. What, what What do I mean by this? When I pour my thoughts, my feelings, what other people say, what Satan bombards my mind with, what I read, what I watch, what I, you know, what I hear from politicians, what I, what I hear on social media, what I hear, what I hear from the news media, and I pour it through my strainer. If you look at it, it potentially has, it has the potential to catch maybe a little bit, but most of it's going to go straight through into my soul, into my soul. This is not effective. Not effective. What God has done, God has given us his strainer. God has given us his strainer, and what happens is when we pour our thoughts and we pour other people's words and we pour what, what the individuals that, that are like supposedly professionals, whatever, through this strainer, what ends up coming out the other side is not something that that is a mess it is absolute truth for your life and for mine and it promises to lead us into life this is god's strainer and 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 if i believe that that god's word is my authority and that god is my authority then i'm going to take whatever it is and pour it through his strainer if not, then I am going to go, and I'm going to do my own thing, and I'm going to go my own way. And this is what happens. I don't know about you, but for me, when I pour it through my own way, it never works out good. Oh, it might work out for a little bit, but it does not last. It does not last. And it leaves me feeling guilt. 
it leaves me feeling shame. It leaves me feeling empty. It leaves me feeling like, like, like purposeless. I, I don't know where to turn. It leaves me confused. And, and, and for, for several months, it left me in, a, in depression and anxiety and, and in kind, all kinds of things that, listen, are not from God. That, y'all, that is Satan trying to destroy your life. He hates you. Why? Because you're made in the image of God. You are an image bearer of God, and he hates you. So he's going to do everything he can to destroy you. So I got three minutes, and I said I had two questions. So we're okay. Question, question number two. You say... God is my authority. He's the one that I go to. So I got, I got a burning question for you. Are you spending time, notice, notice the words here, I didn't say in, are you spending time with the word? See, here's the, here's the thing. People say, well, yeah, God is my authority. I, yeah, God is the one that I look to. Here's the deal. If you're not spending time in the Word of God, then God is not really your authority. How could you possibly know what God wants for your life if you're not spending time with the Word? And you don't get to be like one of my friends. One of my friends named his bed the Word. And so when you call him up and you said, hey, what are you doing? I'm in the Word. You don't get to do that. That does not work. That's why I said time with. Why time with? Because, listen, it's not I have to read the Bible. I get to. I get to read the Word of God. I get to spend time with my Heavenly Father. I get to be in relationship with Jesus. Not because I have to, but because I get to. I want to. I long to. And you think that Satan is going to do whatever he can to just say, ah, go ahead. Go ahead. Have, have a great time reading the, reading the Bible. Have a great time with the Lord. No, no. He is going to do everything he can to put up roadblock after roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And, and some of those are, I don't understand. Or I, I don't have time. Or I don't. I, you can name off 100 excuses, and here's the deal. Yes, you do. You have the time. And you can understand, because if you have Jesus in your life, then you have the Holy Spirit of God in your life. And the Bible promises that the Holy Spirit of God will lead you into all truth, so he will help you understand. And here's the thing, you are in control of your time. Now, your time may be in control of you. That's not God's problem, that's your problem. Are are you listening to what I'm saying? You make time for what's important to you. All of us do. We We do. We make time for what's important. Do you know the average American spends five hours a day in front of a screen? Five hours a day. That's this screen, that's computer screen, and that's a television screen. Five hours a day on average. You're like, that's nuts. It's reality. Do you know, do you know also the average American looks at their phone screen 2,700 times a day? scientifically proven. They've done studies on it. So I guess I'm, I'm going to believe it. I know I look at mine a lot. 2,700 times a day. No, I don't got time. 
Oh, yes, you do. It's called turn it off. It's called put the thing in your pocket and don't look at it. It's called put it in a lockbox and give someone else the key. I'm just saying. Y'all, we spend time doing what we want to do. Are you spending time with the word? I got 30 seconds. Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. You can turn there if you want, or you can read, look at it later. David's writing this. You know what's awesome about David? I love this. David is called a man after God's own heart. And that was post his relationship with Bathsheba. I don't know about you, but I know we serve an awesome God whose grace and mercy is bigger than all of our sin. Who, 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 the Bible says in Psalm 130, Lord, if you kept record of all of our sin, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness so that I can serve you with reverence. Psalm chapter 1, David writes, he says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Notice what he does. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Please, please don't read into this and be like, okay, so that means I need to spend time with the Lord in the morning and in the evening. That's a great, great thing. But what he's trying to communicate is all day long. Why? Here's the thing. I'm going to say this. I'm done talking about my relationship with Jesus as a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year thing. Because here's the deal. I am not guaranteed the next moment. You are not guaranteed the next moment. Our life, our walk with Jesus is a moment-by-moment decision after decision, moment-by-moment walk journey of faith with him i am not guaranteed the next moment i am not guaranteed later today i'm not guaranteed tonight so so what do you mean how do you spend time in the word of god all day long memorize scripture when you read this thing it gets stuck in your brain some of y'all how how many of y'all have issues with remembering the address in other words where it's found in the bible like uh, psalm chapter that's okay where, where does it say in the Bible that thou shalt know every verse, whatever, number? It doesn't say that. Meditate. Oh, there's a word we looked at last week. Meditate. A cow chewing its cud. If y'all weren't here last week, go back and listen to last week's message. It's, it's on YouTube or whatever. Um, chow, a chow, a chow moving. No, a cow, cow eating its cud. Breaking it down so that it can digest it, so that it can benefit its life. Now, you know, Paul even said, Paul said, pray without ceasing. <gasps> you mean I got to be on my knees with my, my eyes closed and my hands folded all day long? Are you serious? Like, no. I was just driving on 294. I didn't, wasn't on my hands, my knees. I mean, I was praying while I was driving because it was crazy. Like, if you've gone up by, the, by our hair, the construction there is insane. And people are nuts. And so, yeah, I'm praying, but I'm not on my knees 
in my car praying with my eyes closed, my hands folded, even though I swear I saw somebody next to me doing the same thing. I'm like, what is going on? No, I'm just kidding. I didn't really. Um, though maybe. Um, no. No, no, no. Thinking on it. T- tell me you're not thinking about crazy stuff in your mind all day long. The next whatever you got to do. The bill you can't pay, the whatever that's happening. You're thinking on that stuff all the time. What if you could, what if God could take that thinking, transform it, and instead of thinking about everything that worries you, you start focusing on the Word of God, and He gives you peace in your heart instead of worry. It can happen. It can happen. But I'll tell you this, it has everything to do with time with. Time with. Last thing, John 10.10. Listen to this. The thief, who is that? Satan, comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I, this is Jesus, came that you may have life. And have it abundant. You close your eyes, bow your head. Just a second, we're going to sing a song, closing. There are going to be some people up here at the front. There's going to be people at the back. Maybe you feel like you need someone to pray with. You want to pray with somebody. You don't have to tell them anything that's going on. They just want to pray with you. They love you. They, they care about you. They, they know that God loves you. And they just want to be a representative. So... You don't have to come up here or go to the back to do that. There, there's people all around you that care about you, that love you, that, that are willing to pray with you. And you could just turn to somebody and say, hey, would you pray for me? You don't have to say anything about what's going on, nothing. Just, just the person will pray for you. Maybe you're here today and you're going, you know, I don't even know Jesus. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I know that that's true. I need a relationship with Jesus. Listen, that's first step. Put your faith and trust in him. If you know Jesus, then, then don't you, wouldn't, wouldn't you think if you know somebody and you love them, you'd want to spend time with them? So time with Jesus. Are you spending time with Jesus? If not, why not pray and just say, God, would you help me to spend more time with you? And, and, and maybe you're here and you're, you're going, you know what? I've been listening to all kinds of craziness and, and I'm so done with it. I need to turn to God for my authority my truth I don't know I don't know what it is you you asked God earlier to speak to your heart so whatever it is why not listen to it and obey it God will bless in your life I don't know how that's going to look maybe for a moment that'll just be peace maybe for a moment that'll just be joy I don't know how that'll look for you but I know that God loves you Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity we have to just, once again, close in worship. Think about you. Obey you. Let you continue to speak into our life. We love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Let's sing.